Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Zerubbabel Lays the Temple Foundation. It shall be focused on the study of Ezra chapter 2 and 3. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that heavens and earth shall pass away, but your word will never pass away. And we know that your ways are past finding out. We see here you used even a heathen king to bring your words to pass. Lord, Cyrus, king of Persia, and how you used him and inspired him to reconstruct your temple. Father, we pray, Lord, may you, like the gospel teaches us, ever which way, let the word be preached and let the, and let the Lord be praised. We pray, Father, may that be our attitude too. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ezra chapter 2 and 3. Chapter 2 Now these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those which had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away unto Babylon, and came again unto Jerusalem and Judah, every one unto his city, which came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Saraiah, Realeah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpah, Bigvi, Rehum, Baena, the number of the men of the people of Israel, the children of Perosh, 2,170 and 2. The children of Shephatiah, 370 and 2. The children of Era, 770 and 5. The children of Pehath Moab, of the children of Jeshua and Joab, 2,812. The children of Elam, 1,250 and 4. The children of Zatu, 940 and 5. The children of Zakai, 703 score. The children of Bani, 640 and 2. The children of Bibai, 620 and 3. The children of Asgad, 1,220 and 2. The children of Adonikam, 660 and 6. The children of Bigvi, 2,050 and 6. The children of Adin, 450 and 4. The children of Ata of Hezekiah, 90 and 8. The children of Bezai, 320 and 3. The children of Jura, 112. The children of Hashem, 220 and 3. The children of Gibar, 90 and 5. The children of Bethlehem, 120 and 3. The men of Netophah, 50 and 6. The men of Anathoth, 120 and 8. The children of Asmaveth, 40 and 2. The children of Kirjath Aram, Kephira and Beeroth, 740 and 3. The children of Ramah and Geba, 620 and 1. The men of Michmas, 120 and 2. The men of Bethel and Ai, 220 and 3. The children of Nebo, 50 and 2. The children of Magbish, 150 and 6. The children of the other Elam, 1250 and 4. The children of Harim, 320. The children of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 720 and 5. The children of Jericho, 340 and 5. The children of Sanea, 3630. The priests. The children of Judea, of the house of Jeshua, 970 and 3. The children of Imma, 1050 and 2. 
the children of Pashur, 1,240 and 7, the children of Harim, 1,017, the Levites, the children of Jeshua and Cadmiel, of the children of Hodaviah, 70 and 4, the singers, the children of Asaph, 120 and 8, the children of the porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Ater, the children of Talmon, the children of Akab, the children of Hatita, the children of Shobai, in all 130 and 9, the Nethanims, the children of Ziha, the children of Asufa, the children of Tabaoth, the children of Kiros, the children of Siaha, the children of Padan, the children of Labana, the children of Hagaba, the children of Akub, the children of Hagab, the children of Shalmai, the children of Hanan, the children of Giddel, the children of Geha, the children of Rea, the children of Rezin, the children of Nicoda, the children of Gazim, the children of Uzzah, the children of Pasea, the children of Besai, the children of Asna, the children of Mehunim, the children of Nefusim, the children of Bakbuk, the children of Hakufa, the children of Hahur, the children of Basluth, the children of Mahida, the children of Harsha, the children of Barkos, the children of Sisera, the children of Thema, the children of Naziah, the children of Hatipha, the children of Solomon's servants, the children of Sotai, the children of Sophereth, the children of Peruda, the children of Jaila, the children of Darkon, the children of Giddel, the children of Shephatiah, the children of Hattel, the children of Pokereth of Zebaim, the children of Amai. All the Nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were 390 and 2. And these were they which went up from Telmila, Telhasa, Kerub, Adon, and Imma. But they could not show their father's house and their seed, whether they were of Israel. The children of Delea, the children of Tobiah, the children of Nakoda, 650 and 2. And of the children of the priests, the children of Hobeah, the children of Koz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai the Gileadite, and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the Tershetha said unto them, that they should not eat of the most holy things, till there stood up a priest with Urim and with Thummim. The whole congregation together was forty and two thousand, three hundred and threescore, beside their servants and their maids, of whom there were seven thousand, three hundred thirty and seven. And there were among them two hundred singing men and singing women. Their horses were seven hundred thirty and six, their mules two hundred forty and five, their camels four hundred thirty and five, their asses six thousand seven hundred and twenty. And some of the chief of the fathers, when they came to the house of the Lord which is at Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God to set it up in his place. They gave after their ability unto the treasure of the work, threescore and one thousand drams of gold, and five thousand pound of silver, and one hundred priests' garments. So the priests, and the Levites, and some of the people, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, dwelt in their cities, and all Israel in their cities. Chapter 3 And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua the son of Josadak, and his brethren the priests, and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, 
and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the custom, as the duty of every day required. And afterward offered the continual burnt offering, both of the new moons, and of all the set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated, and of every one that willingly offered a freewill offering unto the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. They gave money also unto the masons, and to the carpenters, and meat, and drink, and oil, unto them of Zidon, and to them of Tyre, to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea of Joppa, according to the grant that they had of Cyrus king of Persia. Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, began Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua the son of Josadak, and the remnant of their brethren the priests and the Levites, and all they that will come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites, from twenty years old and upward, to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together, to set forward the workmen in the house of God. The sons of Henadad, with their sons and their brethren the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites the sons of Asaph with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who are ancient men, that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Burnham titled, The Message of Grace. This was preached in 1961 on August the 27th. We will begin at paragraph 19 up to paragraph 57. I trust you find it to be a blessing. God's Holy Spirit has strange ways of dealing with His people. Many times through wonders and through gifts and callings, which are without repentance that God gives them to His people by His grace. I'm home now, kind of a little vacation-like. I usually take this time at home for along this time of year because I like to relax when I go squirrel hunting. Now, I've been down in Kentucky with my friends this week, squirrel hunting, my favorite spot. Somehow, I was discouraged. Not exactly because I could find those squirrels, but I just felt discouraged. Something was telling me I must return home. And I slept in the car coming back. Last year, as all of you know, which is on print and also in testimony and in the tapes, I was sitting at a place here in Indiana where 
the Lord God came down and spoke to me that my second ministry that was ready to take place in the near future. And there was spoken into existence three squirrels. All of you know the story, I'm sure. Somehow going up the road, I, while I let the rest of the boys off going hunting, I, I had a strange feeling to go to this place again. It was before daylight, raining. I didn't even know whether to get to hunt or not, but that I would get over in the field there. Hunting means to get along to yourself to pray. And I stopped the car and got off and walked across the road and went over into the bush and just before it would have been daylight, it's kind of gray dawn, I'd stopped and had offered a little word of prayer as usual in telling Father that just what I have need of to provide it, I don't believe in wasting anything or destroying, never shot a bird in my life or target practice or anything else, what a hunt I eat or give to someone that does eat it. I don't believe in wasting anything. I don't believe in doing those things because it's not right. Then as I turned and started along a familiar little pathway by the side of a pasture that crossed over to an L shape in the woods, something strange took place. All my experiences, I've never had anything like that. I looked at the top of the hill to my left from where I was standing, and there coming up out of a, like the top of the hill came three rainbows, and they were running some thirty foot high. First I looked and seen the light, and I just turned back because I thought it might be the sun raising. But on the second thought, it wasn't towards the sun, it was towards the south. And another thing, it was smooth, cloudy, rain, raining all over. That was August the 25th, last Friday morning, and you know how it was raining. And it's smooth clouds everywhere. And I looked again, and there it was, growing taller and taller, three rainbows. I took off my hat. I set down my gun. I started walking towards it with my hands up. Something just seemed to tell me this is close enough. I was going to sit down and take off my boots that I had on to see if I could walk a little closer. But I got within a few yards of it, and I seen the color of it, misting like a fog, moving around. I stood still for a few moments. It's coming right out of the top of the little mountain. And I watched as the three, one to the right, one to the left, and one in the center, running down into one bowl line. Ever what it was was alive. It was moving and making its motions. And I stood there just as it was graying dawn. I turned and looked again, and I screamed out, Oh, God, what would you have your servant know? Just then the Spirit of the Lord came in. And said, Jesus of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old. He only changed his mask from spirit to man. That was confirming, of course, my message of him. 
letting me know assured that these 31 years hasn't been in vain. As I started to approach, it began to go away. It went down into this bowl-like affair and then disappeared. I walked up close. I was afraid to go any closer because he'd stopped me before I got there. I turned to notice that that light, the way it was shining for me, was just exactly in line with the tree where I sat last year where the squirrels appeared. Some 35 or 40 minutes later, I went down through the woods and over the creek bottoms and so forth till I got to this tree that separates in four directions, east, north, west, and south, four prongs of the tree running out. And I climbed into this prong and sat down where I was when he told me of that scripture, if you say to this mountain, be moved. And as I stood there a little bit, not thinking yet of the rainbow, it had left my mind. I stood there, and this has been a very bad year for squirrel hunting. Uh, everything is late, no squirrels. I thought, right here is where God gave me them squirrels last year to speaking to existence. I took off my hat again, and I said, Lord God, you are still the same Jesus. You are still God. And something said to me, how many do you need this time? I said, just as I did the other time, the limit. And then I said, I shall have this limit before 10 o'clock today. And strange as it seemed just then, I was in a very bad mosquito area where it was invested with mosquitoes and kind of a swampland. The great big mosquito came to bite me right by the eye. And I said, not one of them will bother me this day. No repellent or anything with me. And before I knew it, I said, the sun will shine within 30 minutes. And no more than I'd said that till just behind me. A squirrel exactly like that in last year, a young red, jumped out on a limb about 70 yards away and began barking. I turned around at those long distance. I could barely through the powerful scope see his eye. Just shot. That's all. I didn't even have aim at the, no more than over the squirrel. And the bullet was just exactly smack at the eye where it was the other time. On down through the woods I went, and at exactly three minutes of ten o'clock, I shot my third squirrel, just like it was last year, just exactly the same. At three minutes before ten. God being my solemn judge, not one mosquito even buzzed all day long. Right where there's just tons of them, I suppose, if they could be weighed out. And I never even seen or heard one. I was listening for them to see if I could. And I heard a humming. I thought, there's one somewhere. And I listened, and it was a truck way back on the highway. And exactly 30 minutes from that time, the sun shone out good and bright. And I came back to the place. And I've been thinking when I said limit, that meant five squirrels, which is the limit in Indiana. But I remember last year when he asked me how many did it take for me a mess, I said three. And I just got the three. 
So yesterday I went back, was going to the same place again, and something said, do not go, cross the road. And at exactly 10 o'clock, on the exact dot 10 o'clock with my watch, I shot the Indiana limit, the fifth squirrel. I want you to notice there was three rainbows, and there was three things said, three squirrels gotten. There was three things, three squirrels by 10 o'clock, no mosquitoes, the sun would shine in 30 minutes. And uh, there were three to give witness of it. Brother Banks Woods, my son Billy Paul, and his son David to give witness to it. When I seen them rainbows, about as wide across as that halo is, that angel of the Lord, but there were three of them running into one. Oh, how it helped my heart to know that God, Jesus, is not just a man as people think He is, just a prophet, as this modern idea today thinks that Jesus is just a prophet. He's Jehovah of the Old Testament, made flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. There that sure did comfort me. Then thinking on that subject, that God had sought so many people. Now there is a group of people call themselves the oneness or the Jesus only. I don't agree with them upon their theory. Neither do I agree with that Trinitarian group that says that there are three different gods, the extreme of the Trinitarian. But I believe that the three Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is one, that they are three offices of one God. He lived in the fatherhood in the pillar of fire. He lived in the sonship in Jesus Christ, and he lives now in the Holy Ghost in his church. The same Lord Jesus that was made flesh and dwelt among us is with us this day among us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Of all the experiences, when I turned first and seen it, thinking first it could be the sun peeped through a, a cloud somewhere, but it was before the sun time. Then when I turned back again and seen it wasn't a light, it was rainbows. And then when I looked and seen that, I become numb all over. Just someone said to me, did not you feel like shouting? No, I didn't feel like shouting. Those experiences never make you feel like shouting. They just make you feel anchored. Just where that you know that there's something that tells you. Just a satisfied feeling. Now, those things are truth. I know we have things that said that many times some people say, oh, I don't believe in such stuff as that. I can't vouch you for that. I don't know. I can only vouch you for what I know to be the truth. And God Almighty, who wrote this Bible, and I am His servant, He knows that that is the truth. Think of it that the day that we are living in, just before the coming of the Lord, Jesus said there will be signs in the skies and in the earth, great sights, flying saucers, missiles, perplexed of time, distress between the nations. 
fearful sights upon the earth. And we're living in that day to see those things. Now, for the message this morning, I have chosen, I want you to turn with me in the Scriptures over to Zechariah. It was my Zechariah, the, the fourth chapter. It's my desire to tell you these things. Many th- times things happen that I don't, uh, don't speak it, don't say it, but this was too outstanding for me to keep it from the church. Amen. It must be told. And before God, who I stand, it's the truth. I know that there is a God. I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Emmanuel, dwelling amongst His people today in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I know that the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh when signs and wonders are appearing. We just got through the seven church ages and learning that we're in the last and latest seeing church age. When the church would be indifferent, get cold, denominate, and be organized. Organizations would take it over, eat it up. But a promise that there'd be a little remnant left. There would be a church that would be scattered abroad everywhere, but God would gather it together and rapture it into glory. Amen. A little sanctified group somewhere waiting on the Lord. Then the other day when I got Daniel 70 weeks standing right here in the pulpit, something struck me. I've never been able to get away from it. To see the hour that we're living in. I want to go somewhere and do something else, keep it off my mind. i got too many loved ones that's unsaved. Knowing what can I do to get them saved? What is there I can do? I have preached the gospel God has done great signs and wonders like He's never done since the world, since the days of the Lord Jesus, as He never did it in all the history of time. And around the world it's went. And still the world continually gets worse. But then I have to remember that we're living in the Lady Ocean Church age, where they will get worse. And it said they would. Then I chose this morning, being that that message was so attacking, Another thing that I'm so gotten after about is preaching grace. I want to speak on that this morning as I read the fourth chapter of Zechariah, a portion of it. And the angel that talked with me came again and wakened me as a man that is wakened out of sleep. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel that talked with me, answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Do you see the message will not come by some great mights or powers, but by the Spirit of God? Last verse, seventh verse. Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Grace, grace unto it. We are all acquainted with this scripture that reads the Bible. We know that this was during the time of the preparation of the restoration of the temple. And Zerubbabel was a great prince amongst the people who had laid the foundation of the building. Now you want you to put on your spiritual thinking, anointing jacket this morning as we think. And this great prince had determined to rebuild the house of the Lord. And then when he did, he had laid the foundation stone. And as we read on farther, we find out that God said, Zerubbabel has laid the foundation with his hands. He also shall bring forth the headstone. Amen. I want you to notice, he never said he shall bring forth the cornerstone. He shall bring forth the headstone. And we know that the Scripture says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And He's also the headstone. Now, if we will think for a few minutes that the seventh church messenger was to restore the faith of the children back to the fathers. In other words, rebuild the church again under the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Not by organization, not by denomination, but by the Holy Spirit God will bring forth the church in the last days. Zerubbabel, the prince with Joshua, was the one that was to bring forth this headstone. He had laid the foundation, he had tucked the people back to the foundation and tied which we all know that these candlesticks and so forth represented both Jewish and church. They were olive branches, the Bible said here. And the olive branch, we are the wild branch that was grafted into the root of the tame olive tree, Gentile. And out of these two branches come censer pipes going into the seven golden candlesticks to give life to the seven church ages. Now remember... In our teaching on the lessons that we've just been through, that we took the great pyramid and studied that for a while, that Enoch must have built. And the headstone was never put in the pyramid. I've been there. The architecture of it can never be replaced to this day. We have no machines that could build a pyramid. No powers, less the atomic power, that could build a pyramid. Because it's too gigantic. Stone that will wait. Tons and tons and tons stands way in the air, so put together that even a thin razor blade cannot, and they're not cemented. They're just cut so that they join one with another. That's the way the body of Jesus Christ should be. So cut by the Holy Spirit, 
but God's great instrument and tool that we be joined as one person. We are not divided. We should be one person. And it goes to show that no machinery can do that that way. It takes God to do that. No mechanics of organization, no lodges, none of these things can ever do it as good as their intentions are. They can never do it because that it takes God to do this, the Holy Spirit. I don't think I have a dollar bill in my pocket. But there is... Yes, I do. I have a dollar bill. I'm sorry. On the back of this dollar bill, you'll see the seal of the United States on the left side. Looking towards from me, it'd be on the left side. Yours is right. It's the eagle. And also in there, the coat of arms and so forth. But on this side here, right side to me, you see the pyramid. And you notice above the pyramid is the capstone. And beneath there says the great seal. Even on our currency that we have to recognize. No infidel can stamp out Christianity. Every letter that you date dates the birth of our Lord. Every calendar, everything speaks of Him. Even on our currency, the headstone, which is Christ. Why did not they put the headstone on the pyramid? Because the headstone was rejected when He come. But now, according to the prophecy, there will come the headstone. Now I want you to notice that when the headstone comes, the prince that's going to cry out the message will cry, Grace, grace! Hallelujah. For it's by grace are we saved. That not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. And the message of grace has been tramped under the feet of man until it's become a disgrace. Some of them runs out into eternal security. Some runs out into everything. But the true message of grace remains the same, and there's where Satan tries to knock it out from the church. But it's the grace of God that we're all saved by. So in the deity of Jesus Christ, if the Lord God could come there and confirm that that is the truth, not only that, but by His Word He confirms it's the truth, and by signs and wonders He confirms it's the truth, then also grace is the truth. Then why could anyone criticize and say that grace is wrong, that we're saved by works, we are saved by grace, that through faith, not by works. Works shows that you have been saved, but what saves you is the grace of God. Grace saves you. Grace is what God does for you. Works is what you do for God to show appreciation of what God did for you. But by grace are you saved. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, may you accomplish that which you set forth for it to accomplish in our lives today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. 
to make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Message of grace, 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 God's grace, message of grace.